One of the hardest things about running is being consistent and staying committed to a routine, especially during the pandemic. I know personally it's been a challenge to start running again and keep running, particularly when I'm by myself. When I'm with other runners, it's no problem, but when it's me trying to motivate, it's a different story. So if you need a little push and encouragement to get back out there, check out the Nike Run Club app. Their guided runs and training plans can help you stay accountable to your running. One of my personal favorite parts of the app is the ability to challenge a running buddy for a little friendly competition. And it's made my own personal training a lot more fun when I'm solo. So whether you want to start or keep running, the Nike Run Club app has so many incredible resources to help you reach a new goal. There's never been a bad time to start and commit to something new. This week's episode of More Than Running is with Raven Rogers. Raven put together one of the best seasons, which was capped by a 156-8800 personal best that put her at number four all time on the US list and also earned her a bronze medal at the Tokyo Olympics. I had the chance to catch up with Raven in Chicago, find out what life has been like since etching her name in the history books. We also discuss what it's like to make a coaching change heading into 2020, how she's refined her speed, and the importance of surrounding yourself with the greatness and those who want it for you. This was such a pleasure to have a conversation with one of the best at the event. Welcome, Raven. We are now live with Raven Rogers. Welcome to More Than Running with Dana. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Have you you spent time in Chicago? Um, This is my first time here. What do you think? I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, the architecture is really nice. I know. Isn't it feels so clean and like futuristic? Right. Yeah. I've had a couple people tell me about it and I was just like, oh, I need to go to this place in the off season. And then my um, my gear up was like, oh, you should come to the marathon. I was like, of course, like marathon's big in Chicago. So I'm having a great time. Have you been to many major marathon weekends, things like that? I know you're an 800-meter athlete, so not quite as long. <laughs> no. So It's my first one. It's your first one. Mm-hmm. And right now is your off-season, right? Are you running much, training much? How's it going? It's going well. We're just easing into things. Um, I've been volunteering at my high school with the cross-country team. So it's just been fun being able to kind of help them and also kind of just like start-based training. <laughs> and that's back at home? Mm-hmm, in Houston. How are the cross country? How's the team look? They're great. They're competitive. Um, it's it's really just a whole experience just to see how competitive they are and really um, inspire them to get through practice and just really be their best student athlete selves. <laughs> did you do cross country back in high school? I did volleyball. Oh. So I did volleyball, basketball, and track for um, middle school and high school. Oh man, was that hard in college when you just had to do one? It was hard. I really want to do volleyball because I'm, like, super passionate about it. But uh, my coach is like, yeah, no. Did you get to see any of the volleyball players at the Olympics? No. Oh, man. Yeah, no. And, yeah, because those – I mean, my cousin's a volleyball player, so I kind of lived through her. But, okay. Yeah, What's can, her position? She, I think she's an outside. Okay. Yeah, she went to um, Washington State, and now she plays overseas in Switzerland. Whoa. So I kind of lived through her. I really enjoyed watching the volleyball in the Olympics through. There was the one USA athlete who was the libero, mm. and he posted all over TikTok the inside scoop of the village oh, from, yeah. from the team. And it seemed like there was some crazy, interesting gym that they had you guys going to, like, off-site for the USA athletes. Did you go there? Oh, yeah. Um, so I didn't go to the gym part of it. But, yeah, Team USA had, a, like, a different complex type of thing. Um, but I never – went to the gym they have it they had a gym in the village 
Um, but we didn't really do a lot of gym things. <laughs> yeah. What was training like in the village? Was it, did you enjoy the village at the end of the day? I I've enjoyed heard some it. interesting things. I enjoyed it. Um, it was all new to me, of course. I really, I mean, the artist in me was living because everybody, all the countries kind of had their own way of expressing and national, you know, their nationality pride and everything. And, um, just one specifically to see like Argentina's, um, expression because it's based off of like where you are in the building so there'll be of course team usa had their whole building and then on the top was cayman islands on like oh, a very top they just had like three rooms. like they had one row one <laughs> row one top level and i was like cayman islands but the rest is team usa and so each country whether big or small was still representing um their country with flag and representation and it was really like one of the most beautiful things and you, you mentioned that it's the artist within you. What kind of art do you like to create or what is your medium? Painting. Painting. Mm-hmm. So abstract. Is it oil painting, watercolor? So it's I started with oil and um, I like oil. I feel like it has a really nice finish mm-hmm. um, and very kind of, you know, luxurious finish. Um, mm-hmm. But then I started It takes work. forever to dry. It does. It takes forever to dry. Um, but the outcome is really nice. But then I moved to acrylic. And acrylic is cool. Um, I feel like, of course, for the vibrant colors, with oils, you don't really get, like, neons and things like that. So acrylic is fun for, like, the loud colors. So in your home or apartment, do you have, like, a specific painting studio? Obviously, it's probably pretty hard to travel with. And you're on the road a lot. So when you're home, do you have, like, a studio set up? So um, I don't. So when I was in Philadelphia, I was kind of painting out of my living room. But... I'm so all over the place. Like, I need a space specifically for painting. And so um, I've just been moving around, especially, you know, moving from Philadelphia to Portland last year. I'm just ready to, once I find a place that I can settle down in, um, that's when I'll kind of pick back up painting. How was, that was one of my questions was definitely about switching training groups Mm -hmm. in the pandemic, making a lot of change. You're in the middle of your 20s. How was that for you? It was um, it was an adjustment, but it wasn't bad because I had already been in Oregon. Mm-hmm. So that helps a lot. Um, and my mentor, she lives in Portland. So that, you know, it's almost, she's just coming back home at that point. Um, and so, you know, the move was better. My first move to Philadelphia from Oregon was tough because they had um, given me the notice maybe – we had a we had a U.S. champs, and then it was my first year pro, and they had told me, like that same Saturday that I would be leaving to Europe for a month, like in seven days, Whoa. and so, yeah, I had to Who's pack up there? my house. Like my agent, he was okay. just like, "Oh, you're going overseas for a month," so I had to pack up my house for, like, in seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not stressful at all. Yeah, right. And then be overseas while everything was happening. So. Everything was happening during the, the pandemic? or Well, my first move. Oh, but okay, now, okay. with the pandemic, it allowed for me to prepare a little earlier, okay. and things went way smoother. I, one of my other questions was about, like, your who do you like to train with the most? And I know leaving Philadelphia must have been hard for you because you have some close friends on the team, including mm-hmm. Ajay Wilson. I'm from New Jersey. I've known Ajay forever. And you guys just seem like you have the most fun together. <laughs> we do. We do. And you hype each other up like nothing I've ever seen. I was like, damn, I need that type of friendship. <laughs> yeah, that's my girl. She's so she's so funny. And it's fun to, like, I mean, she's a little bit more reserved on, like, social media. But, like, when we're together, it's, it's a fun time. 
I know. I feel like some people don't get to know personalities through social media because you yeah. just get a picture, you just get here, you get. I mean, that's why I like podcasts because you can actually have a conversation with people and right. learn something. But mm-hmm. when you guys share each other, I just get a <laughs> kick out of it every time because I'm like, wow, this is just like the best friendship. It is, and it's healthy. Like that's something I really. When I went to the group, just having a relationship with all the girls, um, and of course, like someone that is thinking anything other than a great relationship would be like, oh, there's going to be problems because, you know, it's one, two and all this other stuff. But it was healthy. It was healthy. And um, we want the best for each other at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there needs to be more kind of emphasis on those type of relationships and not people just thinking anything negative. Yeah, I don't really appreciate that assumption either. It's like, all right, rising tide lifts all boats. Like, we're trying to compete against the world here. Right. You got to work with the best to do that. Right. And at the end of the day, I mean, everyone has their own path. Like, and that's something being a part of the group taught me is like, we were all in different phases of our career. Um, and so just pertaining and staying according to like your path and like embracing your journey is going to help you be that much more like having those healthy relationships. When you made the transition back to Oregon, who did you train with the most? Do you spend a lot of time kind of training by yourself? What does that kind of setup look like now? So I did a lot of training by myself. Um, and But it was the thing was there was a lot of one-on-ones between my coach and I. And so pretty much a lot of our time, probably like a whole year up until recently, it's been a lot of time with just me and him. Which has been nice because it's helped us um, it's like our relationship grow. The relationship. Right, it's helped our relationship grow um, in many ways. Do you find that that kind of sped up gaining trust with a new coach because you had all that one-on-one time? I feel like that's kind of a hurdle that a lot of athletes face is being able to trust a new coach. Um, I don't think it's sped up things. I feel like if anything, it just provided just more kind of substance. That way, like, you kind of are learning about this person in different ways. Mm. Um, because I feel like you don't fully trust a coach until you see the results or see the outcome of what you're doing that's actually – or you see the improvements that you're making. And so um, that's kind of how I feel about how things went. But things were going in the right direction from the jump. Did you feel like there was one pivotal race this season that you're like, okay, I feel, like, comfortable – in this new setup and I made the right choice yeah um I would say going into uh I mean I did a couple races I did the mile this year oh what'd you think and I it was better than the 15 I did the 15 and it hurt it wait, hurt wait bad. wait that's like a 109 meter difference <laughs> I know <laughs> what's happening there I I did the mile um this one meet just for conditioning and I also did the 15 at one of those um at the kind of California, one of those yeah, races. The I forgot the, yeah, the sound Yeah, um, and it was a fun time. Um, and that was my first time just being, you know how uh, American Distance really loves to get the community involved um, mm-hmm. or, or they have the races where people are on the track, like that yeah. type of vibe. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And um, the race, the 1500, it hurt really bad. Well, I'm, I'm very, I want to know more. <laughs> I told you before this that we weren't really going to talk about running, but I just don't understand the difference. Is yeah. it because it starts in a straightaway? Like, that's kind of stressful. Well, I, I literally, I was lined up and I was looking over at Pete and I was like, um, so do I just kind of like, 
go out or like is it a two command start like i yeah. absolutely knew like, do nothing. i get a lane <laughs> i knew nothing and um he's like oh like the girls are just gonna go out like 69 just like tuck in and all this stuff the girls went out 63 and it was extremely competitive <laughs> like really like pushing and shoving and i'm this is awful like oh yeah this is awful and so the mile it was a little bit I had a different approach I'm like okay I kind of need to just kind of like chill and Mm -hmm. really kind of run and figure this thing out as opposed to just jumping right in it and so my mile actually um went way better than Pete actually thought I was gonna do so next season, we're going to see you in the Milrose Mile or something like oh, that. Oh, no. <laughs> the embarrassment. You did not hear it for your first. Not gonna, I don't know. Bet, bet on yourself. Is there, and if you didn't do the 800, like, well, event. I know you said you, you would have done volleyball. Right. You did a different sport. Yeah. But if you were in the 800, 400? I would do the four. I feel like I haven't tapped into the four as much as I'm older, I did the four a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like, um, a lot of my best times came from doing the four and the eight when I was like little. Um, and so like as I'm, AAU little? yeah. So when I was, um, so I used to do a lot of sprints. I mean, in my kind of prime of when I was younger, I did one JOs where I won the two, the four and the eight. So you say in your prime, of being little. Oh. Yeah. My in my youth prime. In my you know, of course you get older and you grow, but there was a time in my life where things because um, I'd been running since I was five. And wow. so things really just took off mm. and the ball just went rolling since like the one point. And the one point was when I'd ran um so I was twelve, twelve or thirteen. And that's when I'd ran 206 and in the same meet ran 53. So, of course, you're like, where did this come from? You know? Um, yeah, you're like, a thing who? Like, what? <laughs> no. And so, um, so from that moment, things just sped up. And I was doing a lot of speed stuff. And um, But as I've gotten older, of course, going to college, then I did the 4x4. Four four. Mm-hmm. So some of the speed was still there, but it was more of a focus on, like, me improving in the 800 as well as being a part of the 4x4. Four were you waiting for that four by four call in Tokyo? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of wanted to see you on the team there. Right. I, I got a lot of feedback from people that were like, oh, are you going to be on it? But I mean, I feel like, I mean, at the end of the day, like they know if they like, if there's anybody else that they need to put on it, then like they'll call me because I've been a part of the relay before, but mm-hmm. I don't kind of feel entitled to a spot because I mean, I just know how like really, um, selective it can be when it comes to the relay stuff definitely well to switch gears a little bit i definitely did a deep dive on your instagram and i saw a fabulous video of your birthday party (laughs) so can you tell us a little bit more about your birthday it was so fun um it was so stressful planning it because oh you planned it yourself oh i planned it yeah my mom they were not in it. They were not in it. Are and you a perfectionist when it comes to planning? Did you have a, you're an artist, so you had a vision. Right. So I had, I already knew who I wanted to do, like the balloon stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like, yeah, vision is everything for me. Um, and so I already knew, like, I wanted, like, the marquee lights and the 360 camera. Like, I want the whole vibe. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? I could tell. Yeah. Honestly, with vibe? that video, I was like, I could feel the energy of being there because it was, like, someone had to design this vision. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, of course, just, like, I knew I wanted a black and cream party. Um, and, of course, the hint of the bronze for the medal. So it was a celebration of the medal as well as my 25th. 
Um, and that's perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. And it was just so much like love. And I had friends that came from all over. One of my friends came from Philly. One of my friends, two friends came from California, one from Atlanta. So everybody really just like came to celebrate with me throughout this whole thing. And that was 25. I was 25. But I celebrate every birthday. Like so I, you're a big birthday person. I'm a big <laughs> Wait, what's your star sign? I'm a Virgo. Okay. I'm a Capricorn, so we're Earth signs. Uh, so yeah. it's like very similar energy. Yeah. <laughs> My best friend is a Virgo. So oh, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> How do you maintain kind of friendships when you're away a lot from home and you're on the road? I think mm-hmm. sometimes that can be really hard in the life of a high-level global competitive athlete can be kind of lonely so how do you maintain those relationships and friendships when you're traveling um surprisingly I've been able to I think it's it's gone really well for me like even just moving back to Portland and um I had one friend that like that I went to school with and he knew a lot of people and so he left to New York and so I became friends with one of the people he knew mm-hmm. now I'm really close with that group in Portland and of course in Philadelphia I had my girls and so we were friends away from track so those friendships have I've been fortunate to have those type of great friendships in like the new places I've been moving to but as far as my like friend friends um my my group of close friends um they're, we're all understanding of each other's schedule. Um, of course, they they understand, like, you know, I'm traveling. But they the thing that's great about my group of friends, even with the three, like the one in Portland as well as the girls in Philly, we didn't talk about track. Like, yeah. we were talking about life things, you know, that friends talk about. And um, my close friends, they don't really talk about track. They've done track. Um, in their past, but they just kind of are like extremely supportive of me and my career, and I'm ex- I'm super supportive of them and theirs. And so we're just kind of in this phase of our lives where individually we're in different fields, um, and we're just all living our like 25 year old lives, just trying to figure out life, <laughs> and you know everything that comes with it. <laughs> yeah, the 20s can be a hot mess for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know, not talking about track almost gives, like, longevity to being in the sport. Because if you just talked about it all day, it'd, like, be exhausting. And sometimes I find, like, you know, when you're you're at a marathon event, like, obviously it's what people want to r- talk about. But mm-hmm. it's, like, that's why I started this podcast. I was, like, there's more to people than that performance. It's, like, right. we got to talk about something else. People have things going on in their life other than, like, what you see them doing. <laughs> Is there something that people make assumptions about you that you're, like, why does everyone think this way? Or, you know, people see you in one aspect, like on the track and they think you're different in real life. Like, is there something that is incongruent in that way? Um, I would like to know that too. I mean, (laughs) I'm not sure what people are thinking because I mean, I'm just the type of person that, um, I'm close with the people that I feel like I can be myself around. And so if I'm not fully sure, like granted, when I meet people, I'm always myself, mm-hmm. but I also kind of feel the air and feel the energy. Like if it's someone that I feel like, oh, like this is kind of bad vibes. Like I'm not, I'm not the type to be around people with bad vibes. Mm-hmm. But if you have a good vibe, I'm super open. Um, but of course, you can't really determine someone's vibe unless you're like really kind of in like intimate type of setting where you're like conversating or something. Um, and so I don't know 
what people probably think. It's probably for the best. <laughs> right. I just kind of just float to my friend groups. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, you know, obviously a very fearsome competitor. Yeah. So I think sometimes people think that energy can translate into real life. but Or if they have like a stereotype about like professional athletes or something. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you know if I hear anything differently. <laughs> let me know so I can tell them otherwise. <laughs> I'll tell Ajay. She'll get back to you. <laughs> she will. Um, last question really is about advice for younger athletes. So mm-hmm. another mission of this podcast is really to get people like more engaged in the sport. I know you said you've done it from a really young age. So mm-hmm. what do you kind of credit to your success and longevity in the sport? Well, definitely um, having a support system. Um, I'm super involved. My family's super involved. Um, and if it's not family, then it's, um, a mentor, like a coach, like my summer track coaches were really close. Like I talked to one of my summer track coaches, like she's, I call her my like fairy godmother cause she doesn't know it, but we talk all the time. That's not, she track. probably knows it. Right. She, <laughs> you know, she's definitely the fairy godmother. We just talk about other things that's not track related, but we also can talk about track related things. She's always there when you need her. Right. And she, she analyzes my races just like my coach does. Um, and she'll let me know, yeah, you kind of like, you kind of did something wrong here. You you could have done something better here, but you know, that's all that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having those people around that I can talk to, um, in different phases of my emotions, I feel like have helped balance um, just keeping me inspired and excited about progression. If you have people around that can't help you see um, the different perspectives and things, and even if you're feeling down, and even if they know that you didn't do good in a race, but those like if you have somebody that can turn that around and help you see the positive, those are the people that you want around you, not just beating you down like, hey, yeah, yeah, that sucked. Like, and like, you should probably just think about something else. Like, but there's a way that you say it. Um, For reframing. Right, reframing. And you need people around you that are going to want your best interest at heart and want to see you win and will support you whether you're feeling down or not. So those surrounding myself with great people have helped me in so many ways. Um, just continue to have fun. And then also along with balance, I mean, this all goes under balance. I mean, just being an art major, loving painting. Right now, I'm in this interior design phase of my life. I was going to ask you about that earlier. I was like, when you find the new place in Portland, do you have that app where you can, like, make every room of your house? No. Oh, you can. It's like Polly Pockets in real life. You can, like, put everything where you want it to go. It's really dangerous. Oh, see, I need that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, super into the phase. Like, oh, yeah. I, like, people at West Elm, I'm friends with them. Like, they... <laughs> We're friends. We're friends. They see me all the time. Um, and I'm always changing things around. Um, what's the vision? Is it like a, what's like new century? Like what are we feeling modern? Right. So I'm all over the place. My place in Portland, my bathroom is more like a. I wanted to go for like a spa vibe. Oh. Because I mm. love the spa. So mm. I do a spa vibe, and then my room is more like a chic. Um, kind of like nice, like an Art Deco kind of right, like really mm-hmm. cute, just whites and light pinks and like you know you have girly, the, yeah, really cute. Um, a little glitter Feminine. here, right, right, and then um, my living room is super pink. 
<laughs> super pink. Like <laughs> So when the guys come over, you're like, welcome to my living room. It's super pink. Um, it's like pink and gray and um cream and like you know, just super glam, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And then my entryway is more um you know, I have the pompas. Oh, got yeah, the pompas, yeah. got like the um, jute rug and the um, burlap type of vibe. Oh, okay. So it's different vibes. It's wow. <laughs> I mean, I want to be invited over. That sounds magnificent. Yeah, you got to come. <laughs> well, thank you, Reva, so much for coming. And I think that this is just great advice for anyone who wants to have longevity in the sport and yeah. you know, keeping those diverse interests and good people around you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. More Than Running with Dana is brought to you by the Sidious Mag Podcast Network. And this episode was produced by Chris Chavez. I'm your host, Dana Giordano. If you liked what you heard, please give us a like and review. It truly helps so much. Thank you for listening and thank you for running. <laughs>